The Halos are making all Angel fans ask this question. Hey, is it football season yet? <laughs> Another blowout loss on Monday night in a game where the Halos looked completely disinterested. We're going to chat about that game, and we're going to talk about the coaching. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Hey, it's our second season here at Lockdown Angels, and we're excited to be talking Angels baseball Monday through Friday, no matter what happens and no matter how uh, much they put you in the pit of despair on a Monday night. <laughs> uh, Lockdown Every Day is tomorrow. We're actually going to be talking about the top 30 prospects in the Angels system. I know a lot of prospects were moved at the deadline, and uh, now we want to know, all right, what do we have in our system that we should be looking forward to? First, Mike. We need to talk about last night's game. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we care, but the Angels didn't seem to care. And so I'm not sure that I care anymore because as right. a fan, I, I don't want to care more than the guys who get paid to do the job. And I don't want to care more than the guys who have something to play for at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Yeah, they looked they looked awful. Uh, it was 12 nothing. That's the. Uh, the third game in the last four that they've given up at least 11 runs. Mm -hmm. And the game started really bad for the Halos. John Sandy should have been out of the first inning with just 11 pitches. Mm -hmm. But the first ground ball he, he gives up, it goes to Velasquez. And Velasquez, it's an easy routine ground ball to short. And Velasquez throws high to first and almost causes Moustakis and Marcus Simeon to uh, get an injury because they collided together. Yeah, And this is why he's on this team. And so I'm, I'm going to talk about Phil Nevin in, in, in a little bit and how he got angry, but quite honestly, like Phil, stop putting Velasquez in the starting lineup. Like, like right. that there's your issue. Like it's not working guy, anymore. Is it like this guy doesn't need to be in the starting lineup at all. Defensive replacement, pinch runner, defensive replacement, pinch runner. That's how he should be used. Thinks at think Alex Ochoa, 2002. That's how they used him <laughs> yeah. in, in, in that season. Think Sean Figgins in, in that season, like let him come in. I know Sean ended up being really great. Great. So I, I how dare I compare him to Andrew Velasquez? I'm not, but, but that's how they need point. to use him. I mean, right? Velasquez, Velasquez is here for his defense. Well, what defense? Right. Because so far this season, he's been awful. He's been terrible. Stop. He's been right. absolutely dreadful. And last year, yeah, sure, you could you could see him making great plays out there, a great defensive shortstop, and kind of the only option we had after yeah. you know we had injuries and and things happened. But like, yeah, there's no point this year. Not yeah, at all. You, you just said it. The only option. But yeah. now we don't have that. We have a bunch of. Defensive guys, we have a bunch of depth that we can use. We made some trades, so let's go do that. And that error cost Sandy 17 more pitches, John. Yeah. He threw 28 in the first. And for Sandoval, th the shorter amount of pitches that he throws, the more effective he will be. And so he was out of that inning, but unfortunately, that ground ball caused a whole lot of chaos. He struck out the next two batters, but then there was a walk and another walk, and, and it was just it was messy. Mm -hmm. And then he just fell apart when he came back out. He was two and two-thirds innings pitched in this game four hits five runs six walks and walks always come back to haunt you especially yeah. when you're pitching against really good teams like especially the, like when you're Rangers. Patrick Sandoval yeah right yeah every time Johnny 
he had no idea of the strike zone. Yeah. He threw a few tipper tantrums. He was daydreaming at one point and didn't cover the base. <laughs> I and, said, is Patrick Sandoval going to throw a fit about Patrick Sandoval right. not covering first base? Because he certainly throws a fit about everybody else who makes an issue and in the field. That's why you have to hold it down and you got to have self-control on yeah. the mound and on the field because that was an emotional brain fart for him. And listen, I, I don't mind physical errors necessarily. I, I get that like like Mickey Moniak had an error in center field. He was hustling and then he went down and tried to throw it back in. Johnny, what I is, can't stand mental errors. Mental yeah. errors and a lack of focus, it it speaks volumes about where this team is at and how these players are focused or not focused on this right. season right now. Yeah, what did Wayne Grandazzo say? He said, Velasquez has been trying his hardest all night to throw the ball into the Rangers dugout because he... <laughs> He did it like three times, Mike. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But you're right. The it's not the physical errors. It's the it's the mental mistakes. It's the issues of not covering the bag when somebody needs to be there. Right. It's you know it's it's the other. What was it the uh, was it Sunday that somebody wasn't covering second base until the last second and Drury had to run up and and get it and it's just insane to me and it it just I'm not somebody who's like all oh, these guys they don't care because of course they care but man yeah. if there was an indication of a game where you could point to it and be like, these guys don't care. Yeah. It was, it was last night. And yeah, that is just what it comes down to. At the it's end their of lack time. of focus, John. They're just not focused. And, and, and for us as fans watching this, like we, we put our, we put our heart and soul into it as much as we can. And, and same thing for other fans that are a part of the angel fandom, but watching the team last night, they just, they went out there. It was just a game. Like they were, they were out there and it, it's like slow pitch softball, you know, Hey, we're, <laughs> might get a hit here and might get a hit there. And, and even when they brought in Griffin Canning after Sandoval just, you know, laid an egg on the mound, Canning came in and he's been out for a while. So I get that he's going to have to work his way back, but yeah, they, they really got to him as well. And, and he, uh, Phil Nevin said after the game, he got really, really tired. John, we're going to talk a little bit more about Matt Wise coming up, but I thought this stat was really interesting. Uh, Brent McGuire tweeted this one out. He said, yeah. last year, Angel starters ranked sixth in ERA, 3.67, and tied for ninth in FIP, 3.72. Uh, this season, they ranked 20th in ERA, 4.65, and FIP, 4.50. <laughs> regression, Mike. It's <laughs> yeah. all regression that that shouldn't be there and usually we say regression in terms of like ah he's getting older you know he's not going to be as good as he used to be these are guys in their 20s yeah who should be getting better every year and again we'll be talking about matt wise here pretty soon but uh yeah there, there was no offense in this game there was one hit one hit mickey moniac struggle and look and, it, like i get it like it's against scherzer i was and, just gonna say that yeah i was just gonna say that go ahead he didn't he didn't need any help because you know there was a pitch to mickey moniac that was way outside and that was called strike three and and so i'm like okay it's scherzer on the mound if he's gonna be getting calls like that then fine it's gonna be that kind of game sure. for the offense like for me the the offense was just like yeah i it's one of those games and one of those things where everything's out of your control. Well, you know what I'm saying? Moustakis had a really great at bat where he actually got a, he got a single and, and that could have set the tone, right? Mm -hmm. Like that could have, and then they, they actually walked a few times against him too. So it wasn't like they didn't have base runners. They just went up there and it was, you know, that old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's pitching and the ball's going really slow and the batter's going shark one, shark two, shark three. That was, yeah. that was, that was what they looked like last yeah, night. Exactly. They, just looked, they just looked awful. Well, Mike Moustakis actually worked the count. I remember thinking, yeah. oh yeah, what's one way to get Scherzer out of there? Well, like, even if you're not going to get like hits and home runs off of him, 
at least foul off a couple of pitches. He's and, 160 years old. Let him yeah, throw some pitches, right? <laughs> have, a, have an eight pitch to 10 pitch at bat against yeah. Scherzer if you can. And even yeah. if you pop out or whatever, like at least you made him do some work up there. And so, I mean, it just goes to show Mike Moustakis getting the one hit was because he he worked the count. I mean, How about that? Yeah. Yeah. How about working the count? I mean, we've been talking about that for a long time. Fans have been talking about that for a long time. Phil Nevin was caught on TV saying, get your bleeping heads in the bleep and bleep game. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, like if, if that's, if that's the first time he's actually gotten really upset, which uh, maybe, see. maybe it isn't, it's, but uh, <laughs> let's see August 15th. Yeah. Right. We should have had this conversation a long time ago. I think it just, it, it, it felt like it felt performative and I, I'm not saying that he's trying, he's a hypocrite. I, I, I get that he's probably really frustrated, but like, it just it, it it feels too little too late doesn't it yeah 100% and and that's the thing like to see that and it's like who are you yelling at phil guys who've been here for 2 weeks uh <laughs> guys who you know have have carried you for a while i just i don't get it and and at the end of the day you make the lineups you decide with Perry yep. who's on the roster um somebody brought this up i think on twitter and i hadn't thought about it this way before but like I understand David Fletcher is not the hero that we need right now, but like yeah. I would much rather have him out there than Velasquez at the moment. But Mike, it's it's pure contract manipulation. They won't have to pay yeah. him if he doesn't reach a certain threshold and things yeah. like that. Uh, it, it, that's that's really what it is. And so you're telling me that this team wants to win, but you're going to start Andrew right. Velasquez? Put Renjifo there and put Escobar at third base. That's why you traded right. for him. Like yeah. like Velasquez wouldn't even make this on, like he, he'd struggle to make the A's opening day roster. Like, I mean, the guy is just, he's not good and he hasn't been good. And he thinks he's Barry Bonds every time he gets up to the plate. And that home run he hit in garbage time the other day was terrible because yeah. that means that he has it in his head. I'm going to go back up there and do that again. And you can't. can't. That's not you who can't. you you are stop yeah. doing that yeah and it's just we're talking about the hitting coaching and the pitching coaching later but i mean at the end of the day you know the the fish rot the head rots from the the, the fish rots from the head whatever you want to say and the way you presented that was a great summation of the angels right yeah, now the, exactly that's all folks and yeah. that's what happened last night that's all folks uh the angels are three and ten in august that's also Beautiful. Three and ten since the deadline. They're sure playing like uh Wonderful. like buyers, aren't they, Mike? Hey, Good, let's get great. let's get you all Wonderful. these pieces no, that'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> let's get you all these pieces that are gonna help you make a playoff push. And then you guys just go ahead and, and fall asleep on the field yeah. out there. Hey, the Angels are back at it. 505 PM. It's gonna be Lucas Giolito out there. Maybe he actually still cares. I don't know. Who who knows Please. who cares and who doesn't? <laughs> uh you can catch every pitch in the Angels hometown broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Coming up on Lockdown Angels, we're talking about Marcus Timms. We're talking about Matt Wise and their coaching. What's worked? What hasn't worked? Well, we dove into the numbers and we'll give you the results. We'll talk about why we are okay with one and not so okay with the other. We'll talk about that coming right up. Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods to help you beat inflation no matter what you're purchasing. It's why you should download the Ibotta app right now. Do you know the average Ibotta user earns $120 per year? That's that's great. That could cover an entire shopping trip for some people. And with other apps, they just give you points, but they don't add up to too much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can actually have in your bank account or you can turn into a 
gift card or maybe have it in your PayPal account. Like it's real cash. Who uses real cash anymore? How about that? I love that. Using Ibotta is simple. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you can get cash back. It's that easy. And right now Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying it and using the code MLB when you register. So go to the Google apps, uh, the Google Play Store, the App Store, or download the free Ibotta app and use our code MLB. That's Ibotta in the Google Play Store, the App Store, and use our promo code MLB. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Lockdown Everydayers, don't forget, we're going to be back at it, recapping the rest of this Rangers series. Maybe they can do a do a Mike Sosha, Mike, and turn the page. Got to turn the page. <laughs> Got to turn just, the page. Got to turn the page. We're running out of pages to turn. That's the problem. <laughs> right. uh, don't forget that we have Fan Mail Friday coming up as well on Friday. So get your questions in before we record that episode on Thursday afternoon. The Angels are back at it, 5.05 p.m. against the Rangers. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny, let's talk about Marcus Timms, the new hitting coach. He came in this year, and he actually brought a approach. We didn't have really an approach. Yeah. He's in. We were very approachless. He brought an approach. It was the attack the zone approach. Yeah. Be aggressive in the zone, aggressive on first pitches, be aggressive early in the count. So Johnny, let's talk about what has worked and what hasn't worked. Yeah. Here's what's worked, Mike. The truth is, is that the aggressive in the zone approach has actually worked. In fact, if you think about how the angels are aggressive on first pitches or early in the count, it's actually paid off, and here's the stats to back it up. A swing in on the first pitch, an 0-0 count. They have a 359 batting average, a 372 on base, a 637 slugging, and that's good for a 1,009 OPS. That's which is all on swinging on the first pitch? That's all on swinging on the very first pitch wow. of the at-bat. So they've got 176 hits out of 490 at-bats. That's good for 26 doubles, four triples, 34 home runs and 100 RBIs. That's a good if season. If you think right about there. 1 and 0 counts for the Halos, they're actually batting 411 mm. with a 768 slugging and a 1181 OPS. That's a 117 hits out of 285 at bats. That's also good for 26 doubles, 5 triples, 22 home runs and 62 RBIs. Then early in the count when they're down a strike, it's 0 and 1. They've got a 319 average, an 882 OPS. There's uh, 26 doubles there, 20 home runs, and 57 RBIs. And if you take a look at the team totals in terms of how the Angels compare to the rest of the league, well, they have a 3.9% home run percentage, which is uh, about a percent higher than league average. They are striking out about a percent higher than league average at 24%. And then the hard hit percentage for the Halos is 41.5% compared to the league average of 39.7. Johnny, I think that this approach actually has really helped Mickey Moniak. I think Mickey Mm. Moniak is somebody who, I know he's been struggling lately, but you can see him being really aggressive, sometimes overly aggressive. I think that that comes with maturity. And when you're facing Max Scherzer, you're probably like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And so, you know, I think that that's probably what happened to him last night. But I think he's really actually benefited. There are some players that I don't know if it really has helped them or not. Why don't you talk about uh, Matt Theis? Yeah, I I mean, look, like the approach of attacking the zone early and and just going after pitches in the zone, it is working as we've just gone over with the numbers. 
But I also think that there's an area where it fails, and I don't think that there's a better example than Matt Theis, and here's why. Uh, He ranks 93rd percentile, which means on a scale of 1 to 100, he's in a bunch of players that are really good at not chasing out of the zone. So he's ranks in the 93rd percentile in chase rate, Mm. which means he's not going after pitches out of the zone. But here's the issue, Mike. He ranks... He ranks way at the bottom in the 12th percentile in whiff percentage. So, yeah, he's mm. not chasing, but he is swinging and missing a ton. And now, with, with balls in the zone, right? Correct. Okay. Now, when he does make contact, he barrels the ball a ton. He gets mm. the meaty part of the bat to the ball, which is good. He's in the 67th percentile in barrel percentage. Uh, but his expected batting average is down in the 22nd percentile. So Hmm. let me give you these numbers here. Against fastballs, he's batting 198. Fastballs, Mike, usually in the zone, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, But he's swinging and missing a lot. Off-speed pitches, like a change-up or something like that, he's batting 185. Now against breaking balls, like a slider or a curveball, he's batting 306 against those pitches. But Mike... What's the problem when you're attacking the zone and your best average is against breaking balls? What's the problem there? Is that is that because his swing doesn't change? It's because the breaking balls don't finish in the zone. And if oh, they that makes do, sense. Yeah. it's usually a mistake pitch, right? Yeah. But uh, a breaking ball like a slider, it starts in the zone and ends up out of the zone. So you can see that like Matt Theis is good at hitting mistakes, but he's not very good at what else <laughs> much else at, at, yeah. at the end of the day <laughs> yeah so so then his so his approach really isn't changing like if the ball is going to drop he's actually not holding up he's actually swinging at that and you mentioned something on this pod a couple of days ago where if the ball's in his hit in his hit path he's going to crush it but if the ball's not in his hit path then he just he misses it almost every single time right that's the problem and so the thing this in a sense like i think that this is the issue with tim's approach where we got to attack the zone guys aren't changing their approach given certain situations or maybe choking up or yeah like right like short short quick swings even mark hubaza talks about that hey choke up a little bit and like give him a little slap hit and then you see you see thice like uh, you know, do my same move on. Swing. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so know? a good, a good, a good example of not changing your approach is when angels have runners in scoring position, they're only batting yes. two thirty nine this season. Yeah. And, and you can't swing the same way in the same swing path with the same timing and expect the results to be different, especially when pitchers have such a vast repertoire at their disposal. You can't right. have a, you can't have one swing mode basically. And I think Matt Theis, again, is a great example because when he hits and makes contact in the zone, it's usually pretty successful, but he's not hitting the ball in the zone all the time. He's swinging and missing. And that's because pitches are coming in faster or they might be coming in slower. Hmm. And if you don't shorten up, if you don't look out over the edge and maybe try to hit the ball the other way, or maybe you start your swing sooner for the fastball that you know the guy's going to throw really hard at you. Those are the adjustments that you have to make. So again, Angels attacking the zone, the results are there, and that's been good. But the issue, and I think this is what a lot of people are seeing and are calling for Marcus Timms' head because because of it, (laughs) is that the approach does not change given the situation.
Lockdown Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. So just pick any team, 49ers, and that will win the Super Bowl, and, and then you can get a bonus bet every time that team gets a victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash on. All right, Mike, uh, it's time for a change, a <laughs> pitching change. Why yep. don't you start us out for this one? Well, Marcus Timms, we talked about him. He he at least brought an approach to the Angels. He had a plan, right? But Matt Wise, <laughs> he's been the interim guy, and then maybe, I don't know if he's still the guy. Like, I don't know if he still has the interim title or no, not. No, they took that away a long time ago. But He, that's, he feels like the interim guy, yeah, right? He just feels yeah. like the guy that's kind it's of just... just Duct tape and stapling this thing together. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> so the mindset that he brought, the approach that he brought, has actually never really been clear, Johnny. Like, yeah. we, we used to joke about, uh, remember Mike Butcher when he yeah. was the pitching coach here? Like, oh, yeah. We, we used to joke about uh, about Butcher, like, hey, hey, throw a slider. Like, yeah, that was, he'd, that he'd was walk kind of out his approach, the, right? Walk out in the middle of a game and talk to the pitcher. Like, what do you think he's saying to C.J. Wilson? Probably throw a slider. But at least that was something, right? Right. right. Uh, (laughs) But we haven't seen that from from Wise. And, and, you know, what's interesting is earlier this year, we we got to hear from Aaron Loop about the Angels' pitching philosophy. And and it was to, like, strike people out. Mm -hmm. And and then we looked at Aaron Loop and we're like, but that's not – his game, not right? That's does. not his game no. at all. And then, and then we hear just we we talked about it on this spot. Then we hear that Reed Detmer's approach was to make contact, and he's a strike him out pitcher. And, right. and you you mentioned, and people called you a genius because you are. You're like <laughs> all of the stat casts that say pitch to contact are in the blue, not the yeah. red. And like we can look that up, Matt Wise. You you can't look that you up. Can't look right? that up. Do you have, are you on Alta Vista or like AOL? Are you not able to go on the internet and look at this stuff? Right, right. I mentioned like, that, I mentioned that tweet from yeah. Brett McGuire and, he, and and how the stats have been just really different this year. There's been a lot of regression. Johnny, there was something, you had an interaction actually with Victor Rojas on Twitter and it was because you actually tweeted out something that Wayne Randazza was saying on the broadcast last night. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne was saying, he was really hammering home the point that the Angels have these four controllable starters that are young in their 20s, like Detmers, Sandoval, Silseth, Canning. Who wouldn't want four young controllable starters to build off of? But the problem is that they're completely inconsistent, Mike. Yeah. And to me, that comes down to a, a coaching problem because when you show stretches of greatness. I won't say flashes of greatness because I think that Detmers and Sandy have had consistency in being good last year, not Mm -hmm. this year, Mm -hmm. but I think last year is enough of a sample size to be like, okay, there's something there. I can work with that. And so I tweeted that out. And then, you know, Victor Rojas kindly responded. And he said, uh, in response to someone asking like, is the problem with the angel starters like talent or coaching? Is it a philosophy issue? Gooby said, or not Gooby, Victor said that, uh, shout out to Gooby, by the way, it was his birthday yesterday. Uh, Victor said that he thinks that it could be a combination of talent, coaching, and philosophy. And he said that these guys are 
threes, fours, and fives. Mm. And I, I responded and I said, well, I think that the, these guys can be twos, threes, and fours at least. Like, yeah. yes, he's not wrong that we have threes, fours, and fives, but right now they're not even threes, fours, and fives. They're being sixes. And so yeah. Yeah. We're, here, we're here to talk coaching. And I want to look at the results from two starters who have been around Matt Wise for the last couple of seasons. And that's Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval. And the the biggest indictment here, Mike, is I want our Lockdown Everydayers to hear is how much has changed between this year and last year. Right. And why that shouldn't happen at all. Start with Reed Detmers for us. So the first half of Reed Detmers last year, he actually, he he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. Two and three, 12 games, 466 ERA. Uh, He had 44 strikeouts, 11 home runs, 21 walks. He was sent down to AAA in late June. Mm -hmm. And then he came back and he had 13 games where he went five and three, 304 ERA, 76 Ks, just two home runs and 25 walks. Detmers in the second half last year, Gave us a lot of hope, Johnny, because he was pitching, should I say, stud-like? I mean, the guy looked fantastic. <laughs> his his hard hit percentage goes up. His expected batting average goes up. Expected slugging goes up. And and that was actually what happened when he showed up in 2023. In 2022, yeah. at the end of the year, was fantastic. Then he shows up in 2023, and suddenly he's regressed all the way back to what he was before he went to AAA last year. And he when he's getting hit hard... He's not good, as you've yeah. as you've pointed out. Uh, his his since 2022, his whiff percentage has gone up. He's avoiding uh, barreling and all, all that. Oh, I'm sorry, barrel of the bat. Right. Thank you. I can't even get the words out. Uh, and then the fastball velo goes up, but right out of the gate, he struggled in 2023. And what he learned in AAA last year was that his slider is more effective at a slower miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And then he actually remembered that this year. Not like Matt Wise told him that. He remembered that this year, and he's successful when he uses it, and he's generating swings and misses. And so then the Angels decide to make him a pitch to contact guy. Like <laughs> what are we doing here? Right. right. And we, we've, we've been all over that. Of course, in this episode and, and last episode, then let's look at Patrick Sandoval, who actually had a really great 2022 all the way through six and nine in terms of wins and losses. But let's focus on the 2.91 ERA, 151 strikeouts, 9.1 Ks per nine innings and a 3.09 fielding independent pitching. Think about that as ERA, but what the pitchers can handle in terms of throwing the ball and walking guys and things like that. So far in 2023, he's six and eight with a 3.86 ERA. That's before last night's game. I'm sure that's going to go way up. Only seven and a half Ks per nine, and he's got a 4.02 fielding independent pitching. That's almost one whole point or whole run higher in terms of FIP. So from 2022 to 2023, the K percentage goes down. The chase rate goes down. The expected batting average off of his pitches goes up. So what changed between last year and this year? Well, his fastball, which had been good for a run value of negative five, is being used a lot more. Uh, his slider, which he's using just as much as last year, Something changed in the mechanics, Mike. It's not as effective as what once was. He actually had a run value of plus nine, which is a, a good thing. Uh, now it's back down to zero. And the expected batting average of his slider went from 212 last year to 276 
this wow. year. So something happened in the mechanics of of his slider. The whiff rate the whiff rate went down on his slider. It's not fooling batters as much. So my question is, who fixes the mechanics? It's the pitching coach, right? right. And right. it's possible he had a great changeup in 2021, wasn't great in 22, and then it got good again in 2023. So pitchers and the way they throw their pitches those are are fixable. Another example is Chase Silseth going down to AAA, coming back up and being a smart pitcher and being really effective. But here's the biggest indictment of all, Mike. Matt Wise is that you have these you have these young starting pitchers who've all shown long stretches of talent and not just flashes. They're all regressing since last year. If Jeremy yeah. Reed can be fired for the hitting last year, then Matt Wise can certainly be fired this year and should have already been fired especially when other coaches in the system like those in AAA, are able to identify what's wrong and know how to fix it a one-size-fits-all philosophy doesn't work when you've got pitchers who throw different pitches hitters who are good at hitting specific kinds of pitches and different counts oh and one two and one oh and two three and oh you've got different counts for every kind of situation. I think the regression of young, controllable starting pitchers from last year to this year, I think that's a big indictment on Matt Wise. I agree. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. The Angels play the Rangers at 5.05 tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you there. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? We need something good to talk about. So let's talk about who are the top 30 prospects in the Angels system now that we've traded some guys away and drafted some guys. There's some really good names in there, John, that we can get excited about. We're going to talk about them tomorrow on Lockdown Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. In the meantime, my name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Thanks for being here with us, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for more Locked On Angels. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.